Welcome to episode 78 of the Water and Stone Church podcast. I'm Jenny Randolph. And I'm Dieter Randolph, and this is the sound of my voice. As we gather around today, I want to talk about the amazing time that we had volunteering with the Humane Society. Yeah, that was so much fun. I I really, we have done that. This is the second time we've done a service project for the Humane Society. The last time I didn't get to be there because it was was during the week and I had a day job kind of thing to do. Yeah, they tend to need more help during the week, but because it was more convenient mm -hmm. um, for Saturday, obviously because people work and and things like that. So the first time we did it, they they really asked us, they're like, please, can you do during the week? And so we had a smaller group. I think we ended up having maybe like seven people go the first time but we had we had about 11 people go they asked us for 10 because they do put a limit on it uh-huh. because you know as you can imagine everybody wants to be there on saturday sure. and it, it does everybody take... wants to play with puppies oh, sure and sure. there are certainly parts of it that are cute and cuddly and wonderful and there are certainly parts of it that involve shoveling and hosing things off not so glamorous but all of it is really great and i have to say that one of the things that happens just about every time we do a service project somewhere is as we're wrapping up for the day some official from the place will say to us and like i said it happens almost every time some official from the place will say you know nobody has ever worked as hard as you guys do i'm so proud of us that we really can roll up our sleeves and do a thing it really really makes me happy and like i said there were parts of it like at one part our job was to socialize with kittens not so bad. Right, not so bad. But, you know, at, at other parts, there were some pretty uh, pretty rough stuff to do. There was all kinds of things. There was We were in the vet's office uh, unwrapping hypodermic needles at one point. We were shoveling stuff and just, you name it, some of it stinky, some of it not. Well, we had this dog. One of the things that they, that they asked us to do is to take the dogs out and play with them in the yard and walk them in the yard so that they have an opportunity to clean their cages. So we and know th- the answer to the age-old question, who let the dogs out. <laughs> well, sorry. yes, they, they did. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I said it. It's too late now. <laughs> it's out there. Let's just move on. Move we'll on. deal with that later. Deal with the ramifications from your <laughs> awful, awful joke later. Listen, I'm a dad. It happens. Dad jokes. Dad jokes will happen. But anyway, so they would assign us dogs mm-hmm. and they would give us the rope leashes and they would take us out. And one of the things that you had to do is you had to put on gloves for that dog. And then if you were going to go change to another dog or go pet another dog, you had to change gloves because they didn't want to they didn't want to spread diseases because we were in the intake facility and they, so they, haven't they the had not out. assessed the dogs about and sometimes they're abandoned sometimes they're you, you know dropped off some you know so there's all different kinds of cases that that go on and they yeah. didn't want the dogs to you know all get sick from something that one of the dogs had and i wasn't with you for that part because uh they took bob and daniel and i in the back and we were moving 50 pound bags of dog food and taking out the recyclables and doing uh, heavy labor yeah and you guys were yeah up no we front. got to but there was this huge dog i don't even know he was he was obviously some kind of ginormous mix of something but mm-hmm. he i mean he towered over me if he was gonna stand on his heel <laughs> he towered and his name was diesel diesel oh and i saw diesel yeah diesel, diesel was pretty hardcore i like diesel yeah diesel um left a pile of <laughs> oh. of, of poop that I was right, this um, is a family podcast. No, but really honestly it needs to be talked about because they they <laughs> we have asked to talk us, about it and face it. <laughs> they asked us to pick it up because obviously 
there's people out there and other dogs will step in it and disease and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, they get flies and things like that. And also the people who work there didn't want to pick up that. Oh my gosh. I, Diesel, Diesel needed to go a lot is, is all I'm going to say. And I have never seen a bigger pile of poo in my life. I'm like, I, I just, I, I, Kind of blinked at it when I was deciding that Why I was. Why do we climb the mountain? Pick... Because it's there. Because it's That's there. Right. Um, anyway, but um, whoever whoever takes Diesel home and Diesel was a sweetie. He was a good boy. Um, but man, um, that was that was something that you needed to be notified of if you decided to well, take Diesel home. But the thing is, I what I really Land am. sakes. I really am proud of this church family. I'm proud of how important services to us if you listen to the podcast last week one of the questions for ask the pastor had to do with well, why do you guys do service and i encourage you to go back and listen to it but for right now i just want want to say that our thing is to be out in the world it's really important us to be missional rather than attractional we've talked about that before and i'm just really proud of us we're out there doing some things and it just really really feels good absolutely yeah but that was definitely the high highlight of the last week and a half or so and uh, life is just moving on and I think it's I think it's so important to break up your habits and break up your routine mm-hmm. with giving a little bit in an area that you wouldn't necessarily do go out and do something that you don't think you can do or that you wouldn't necessarily do on a regular basis it's good for your soul it's good for your brain and and it helps other people so yeah Yeah. go do something right we're not here to be validated we're here to be challenged so go find a challenge and now we'd like to share with you the sunday worship service for august 5th 2018 and the lesson title is called first things first and it is the first in a series of the next eight weeks and it's it's called signs and it's all about the recorded miracles of jesus so we really hope that you enjoy this so our scripture today is john 2 10 every man serves the good wine first and when the people have drunk freely then he serves the poorer wine but you have kept the good wine until now. Now, you know that story. Everybody knows that story. And it's funny because it's actually a story that some people aren't crazy about because there's some challenging stuff in what seems like a simple moment. There's challenging stuff about how people want to see Mary. There's challenging stuff about how people want to see the idea of Jesus at a party. There's challenging stuff all the way around it. But then again... For some people, the concept of a miracle at all is challenging. Maybe you've been taught in one way or another that you're supposed to hold still. We talked about that. Maybe you've been taught in one way or another that you're not not supposed to expect much. We've talked about that. We're going to talk about that. But as you know, we are at the beginning of a new series about the miracles that we read about in the Gospels. But one of the things that I want you to know right now is that... A miracle is never the point, right? A miracle is never the point. It's not the goal. A miracle, the demonstration, the thing, is a byproduct of something that happens on the inside. What happens on the outside is a result of something that happens on the inside. And this is a great story about that, but they're all great stories about that. You're here. 
because you're working on some kind of demonstration, some kind of a miracle, some kind of a breakthrough, some kind of a change. We all are. This is a place where that happens. But it happens when something happens on the inside. But you know that story, right? You know the one. It's important to remember that as the story begins, Jesus has already been doing his thing. He's already been teaching. He's already been preaching. He's already got the disciples together, the whole thing. Did you know that a lot of people think that Jesus is still a kid when this happens? But Jesus already has his ID, so don't worry about that part of it. Mary is invited to the wedding, and I guess Jesus and the disciples are her plus several <laughs> to the party. Yeah, I know. What, do you, what can I do? And there's that moment where Mary says, uh, there's no, no more wine. And Jesus says, what do I care, basically? He says, what do I care? This isn't about me. And in fact, here's the quote. My time has not yet come. I don't want to do this right now. And Mary says to the servants, do whatever he says. You know the story, right? They've got these giant vessels for water, for the purification rites are important in every household. And Jesus says, fill those all the way up with water. And so they do. And he says, now take some out and give it to the, uh, the chief steward, the head guy. And that's the guy who's talking in that quote. He says, you know, most people, you know, they, they serve the good wine first. And then after everyone is, let's say, unaware. I'm not here to judge. Then they put out the, uh, the ripple later on. <laughs> because nobody knows. But you didn't do that. You have saved the good wine for last. And here's the thing that, that I want you to know right now. You've been through some stuff. You've been on a journey. It's okay if the thing that you've been waiting for happens now and not before. You didn't need it the way you need it now. It's okay that you've had to go through whatever it is that you've had to go through to bring you to right now. It's okay that you've saved the good wine for last. But what I want you to know is that time has come. You're allowed to have a life that works. You're allowed. It's interesting that there's a miracle at all in this moment. I mean, think about it. A lot of times when we have this image of Jesus, the pictures that we're given are of Jesus a little bit upset, a little bit bummed out at whatever it is that we did. A lot of times the pictures that we have of Jesus are him going, really? There's almost a cosmic eye roll painted in there. But the people who paint that kind of picture of Jesus, you don't want to know them. If we were supposed to be miserable, why do the wine at all? There's a message there. And it's an even bigger message because it's good wine. This is not reuniti on ice, although, you know, that's nice. It's... it's <laughs> Something else goes on there because it's even better. There's a message there. And part of the message is that this stuff will make you good at life. The point of this exercise is not to escape. But as always with Jesus, the point is to really show up. The point is to give your love and your attention and your time and your you to this moment so that things can change. Show up for your life. And as it turns out, that's when the good stuff happens. And in fact, think about it. If Jesus wanted you to suffer, maybe make bad wine. 
I mean, really, think about it. If the, the, the point of the exercise was feeling bad for wanting a thing, maybe make bad wine. Maybe we go with, like, the Winn-Dixie brand. You know what I mean? But something else happens better than any other way. Better than any other way. Over and over again, in one way or another, Jesus says what he says explicitly at one point. He says, I came that your joy might be full. You're allowed to smile and laugh. Let that be the picture of Jesus that's in your imagination. That you're allowed to have joy in your life. The miracle is not the point, but the joy kind of is. I came that you might have joy and that your joy might be full. Ask yourself, what brings you joy? Ask yourself where your smile is and go in that direction. If you want miracles, that's the beginning. That's why this story is so appropriate at the beginning. And maybe that's why this is the first recorded miracle of Jesus. Look, we're all different. Everybody's got different stuff going on, different things that they're working on. I get that. But in one way or another, the way that they're all the same thing is that everybody, everybody is homesick. Homesick for some kind of a relationship with God. Homesick for some kind of a connection with source, if you want. Homesick for some kind of a sense of... Here we are, there's something bigger, some kind of love, some kind of beauty, some kind of truth. Everybody's homesick for that. Not everybody calls it that, and that's okay with me. Some people just say, I just wish something would move in my life. I just wish something would connect in my life. I just wish something would work. There's this thing that I want to have happen, this healing, this breakthrough, this moment, this love. Everybody's looking for something. In one way or another, everybody is looking for inspiration. Now you've heard that word. Do you know what it means? Inspiration doesn't just mean that a thing happened in between your ears. Inspiration has to do with being inspired to do something. Inspiration is the action step. Inspiration happens when there's something inside of you that's so big it can't be contained anymore and you've got to do a thing about it. Everybody is looking for inspiration. But here's the formula. Are you ready? You can't have inspiration, action, until you have aspiration. The aspiration is hope, a dream. You can't have the inspiration, the action, until you have a hope, a dream about something. Inspiration, aspiration. But you can't have aspiration until you have fascination. That's where all of this starts. It starts with the good wine. It starts with your joy being full. If you want the miracle to happen, if you want action to happen, something to move, start with something that you can just say, wow, about. You don't have to know how it works. In fact, that's kind of the point. Get out of that place where you've got to figure it all out. Get to your place of wow. Get to your place of fascination. If you want the miracle, keep feeling fascination. Find something. Big or small, doesn't matter, that you say wow about. And this is a big deal because there are a lot of people who think the point of spirituality is to give me enough security to be smug. You know what I mean? I mean, think about it. Well, I knew that was going to happen. That was predicted because I did the cards or I did the crystals or I did the beads or I consulted my oracle or, you know, whatever it is. And now I'm protected against the unexpected. 
But I'm here to tell you that being protected against the unexpected is the opposite of spirituality. Spirituality, a connection with source, has to do with going, I have no idea. Isn't it awesome? I am in love with this moment. Wow. And being brave enough to go, it's not my job to know how this is going to go. That's God's job. I'm out there. Find something that you can say wow about and you are on your way to a miraculous life. But that's really kind of the Mary message, isn't it? I mean, over and over again. This is important because so many times we have this idea of Mary who makes you feel even more guilty than the pictures of Jesus. A lot of times the depiction of Mary is this ultimate guilt trip. You never call, you never write. <laughs> you know what I mean? A lot of times the idea that we're told about Mary is that we should really kind of feel bad, that she's kind of put upon, that she kind of feels bad, and we really ought to feel bad too if, if we're doing right by her. Kind of a doormat in one way or another. But think about what you actually know. Not what you've been told, but what you actually know about Mary over and over again. And if you were around for Christmas, you remember, because it's a big deal to me, I talk about it a lot. There's that moment when the angel appears to Mary and says, you know, you're going to have a kid, it's going to change everything. And Mary says, yes, here I am, Lord. I'm not afraid. I don't know how this is going to work, but I am not afraid. The message of Mary is a message of courage of selfless courage, of here we go, let's make this happen. Find something that you can be brave about. Like I said, doesn't matter big or small, find something. Because courage and heart will get you to a place where you see what's going on. Here's the thing about Mary. A lot of times she's the only one in the room smart enough to agree with God. That's Mary's message. Over and over again, Mary goes, okay, I get it. I get it that I don't get it, but I get it, if you know what I mean. Here we go. That's Mary's message. That kind of courage will allow you to see what's really happening. Mary is the one who goes, hey, uh, Jesus, there's no wine. Surely other people noticed it. Mary is the one who sees it. That's what courage does. That's what heart does. Mary represents that intuitive part of us that knows when we're paying attention that there's something that needs to be done. Now think about that because a lot of times, once again, the Mary idea that we're given is that she's afraid. The Mary idea that we're given is that she's the kind of parent who would say, you know, I don't want you to ride your bike because what if you skin your knee? The kind of Mary we've been given is the one who says, I don't want you to date because what if you get your heart broken? Yeah, but what if you fall in love? I don't want you to fall, but what if you fly? Mary is the one who says, no, 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 we're doing this. That's the courage. Because she says, Jesus, there's no wine. And Jesus says, I, I don't want to do this right now. In my imagination, it's a little bit like when when. A parent is somewhere at a party with their kid, and they say, come on, play your song on the piano. Everybody loves that. And the kid goes, I don't want to do that. Come on, do that dance at the recital. I sat through the whole recital. Do the dance. No, I don't want to do that. Come on, Jesus, do your water into wine. Everybody loves that. Oh, Mom. But there's more going on to the story, of course. Jesus says, my time has not come. And surely, everybody in this room knows that moment. When you realize 
The roller coaster's at the top of the hill. You're about to bungee jump. You're getting ready. You've already made the meeting with the boss, and you're going to ask for the raise. The thing has happened. You're getting ready to cross the Rubicon to that point where you can't unring this bell. Jesus is saying, if I do this, here we go. Here we go. And I love what Mary says to him at that point. Don't you? You know the part, you know what Mary says to him when he says, my time has not yet come. You know what she says to him? It's great, I love it. She says, absolutely nothing. He says, my time has not yet come. And she goes, do whatever he says. That's Mary. In other words, we're not doing this. It doesn't matter if you think your time has come or not. The fact of the matter is, ain't no wine. Something's got to happen. That's the Mary part of you. It doesn't matter if it's okay with your schedule. This is an important lesson. What matters is you know that something needs to be done, and it's your job to do something about it. That's the Mary message. Do whatever he says. If you want the miracle... You have to do whatever he says. If you want the miracle, this is not about being according to your terms. If you want the miracle, this is about listening to your heart and doing what it says. That's the secret. Now that scares people because people say, oh, well, if I just listen to my heart, if you just tell me I can do anything I want to do, then I'm just going to you know, sit on the couch and watch Netflix all the time. There's another season of Doctor Who coming up. I'm going to just hang out. But no, I didn't say that. I mean, I like this show, too. I'm excited about it. But I didn't say that. I said, listen to your heart. The natural question is, well, how do I know if it's my heart? Here's the test. Are you ready? If it is telling you to hold still, to not change, to hold up on the couch, that ain't your heart. That's your fear. If it's your heart, it is telling you to go forward, to go into the unknown, to do a thing you haven't done before, to grow. That's the biological, spiritual, mental, whatever you want, imperative. Your heart wants you to grow. Listen to that. That's how you know. And do whatever it says. The beautiful thing about you and me is that sooner or later we get bored. You're going to get bored with sitting still. Sooner or later, listen to it. Your heart is calling you to go and do a thing. Real joy, remember that I came that your joy might be full thing? Real joy only happens when you make a heart connection with something. So find something you can give your heart to. Find something, anything that you can give your heart to. Real joy doesn't happen until you can give your heart to something, until you can connect with something. Find that thing that you can go, okay, that merry moment of here we go. Find something. Because Jesus says to the, to the servants, fill the vessels all the way. Find in all the way something. He doesn't say, I don't know, just pour a little in and we'll see how it goes. He's not afraid. All the way. All the way. Find something like that. Like I said, doesn't have to be a big something. I understand that there's different parts of our lives and some parts of it, that's a little scary. You'll get there. Find something that you can pour all the way up to the top. No plan B, no holding back. And it's okay to start where you start. When you get in the car and you're by yourself, crank it up and sing your heart out all the way. Find something. Doesn't matter what, big or small. Find something that you can go all the way with. Find some part of you where you are not holding back. All the way. 
pour out the water. Because water represents the way that things are right now. Water represents unexpressed potential. You know what I mean? When you think about the creation story in Genesis, the Spirit of God moved out across the water. In fact, over and over again, in every creation story, in every culture ever told, it always starts with water. It represents the way things are right now when things haven't been made yet. Unexpressed potential. You cast your bread upon the water. In other words, I don't know what's going to happen, but here we go. There's that great time when, when Moses parts the water. In other words, I'm taking it from potential and I'm giving it direction over and over again. Water represents the way things are right now. I mean, when you think about it, you ready? This is gross. When you think about it, you're a bag of mostly water. Sorry, it's weird, right? But that's a fact, man. That's the fact. Who cares? In fact, it's kind of yucky to think about. But I'm a bag of mostly water. Every hero you ever had is a bag of mostly water. That's the fact. And that fact will get you nowhere. Who cares? But that's kind of the point. Because the facts about you do not matter. This is an important thing to know. Because there are so many people who choose to be defined by their facts. The fact is I have this much money. The fact is I can't be happy because of where I've been. The fact is the doctor said this thing about me. The fact is my, uh, my financial planner said this thing about me. The fact is I can't afford a financial planner. The fact is whatever it is. Those facts mean zero. But here's the thing. God can't fix what you can't release. I'm going to say that again because it's really important. God cannot fix what you cannot release. The miracle happens when you pour all of the water out. In other words, when you are willing to let go of the facts about you. That's where this starts. Think about the facts that you have allowed to be true about you. And find a way to pour them out. Because that's not the truth about you any more than that weird bag of water thing. That ain't you. Can a bag of water really define how you feel on Christmas morning or when you're in love or when you're scared or when your song comes on? Oh, you're more than that. But to get there, you've got to pour out the facts so that there's room for God to turn it into truth. That's how this works. That's how this works. In a funny way, this miracle all the way at the beginning of all of this is a lot like that Easter morning miracle all the way at the other end. Pour out your life so that God can give you something brand new. It's really the same miracle in a way. Every miracle is really the same miracle in a way because the universal rule is let it go. Get out of God's way. That's the key to every demonstration. That's the key to every miracle, every breakthrough, every moment is going, you know what, it ain't my job to fix it anymore. Here. Here. And man, oh man, you and I have been in moments where we did that willingly and moments where it got taken away from us. Doesn't matter how it happened. But can you pour out the water, the facts of your life, so that God can make you into something new? Can you find something that you let change you? Find something. Can it be okay with you that you're not defined by your water content? Can it be okay with you that you're not defined by a doctor's diagnosis? Can it be okay with you that you're not defined by your credit rating? No matter what they say at the car dealership? Can it be okay with you that you're not defined by the way you used to be or where you grew up or how much you have or don't have? None of those things can touch who you are. It's 
Stop letting them. Let yourself be transformed. But that's the thing. This miracle happens at a wedding. That's important. It's important. Jesus is a busy guy. Why did he go to a wedding? Most people I know don't want to go to any wedding. But he went. And obviously it wasn't for the catering. Apparently they didn't plan properly. He went. This is important. This is important because part of the miracle formula is this. Are you ready? Show up for love. Show up for love. Show up for that moment. Show up for the demonstration. Show up for the public declaration of love wins today. Yes, I believe he'd make the cake, but enough about that. Find a way to show up for love in your life. Find a way to show up for love and stop showing up for fear. Find a way. That's what the ceremony is about. Show up for it. Can you show up for love in some way today? Like I said, doesn't matter big or small. Just find a way. Show up for love. A wedding is a ceremony that, that recognizes the idea that you were one way when you walked in and you're different now. And that's what we all want. A wedding is a ceremony about Union, right? Two different people now part of the same thing. Two different families, two different whatevers. A whole lot of different threads all coming together to make a rich tapestry of life. Oh, it's awesome. If you want your miracle to happen, what can you bring together? The miracle begins when you take potential and you marry it with actual. When you take the way you think and you marry it with the things that you do in your life. When you take all of the different threads that have made up your life all of this stuff that you've been through. You know what? Don't deny it anymore. It happened, but it doesn't have to keep happening. Take all of the threads that have made up your life and make them into one thing. That's the beginning of the miracle. That's what the wedding ceremony is about. It's about union. And that's great when it happens in your own heart, but the, the great thing about a ceremony is it's very public. When we go to a wedding, part of what we're doing is the crowd is saying, yes, I agree. I mean, think about it. We're celebrating. I agree. Can you agree with love today? Can you agree with the miracle today? Can you find a way to not just say, you know what, that's okay with me conceptually, but can you find a way to dance about it? Can you find a way to celebrate? All you got to do is find a way to agree with God and find a way to celebrate that moment. That's all. That's the whole thing. Because God already loves you. You don't have to convince God. Just agree with God and take your agreement into celebration and take your celebration into action. Because the miracle already is. That's what I really want you to know today. The miracle already is. Every time I, I'm part of a ceremony, and God, I love this job. I love this life. I get to do these amazing things. Every time I'm a part of a ceremony, whether it's a, a wedding or a christening or a whatever it is, I often say something very similar to this. I say, if, if, for example, if it was a wedding, <clears throat> I don't make you guys married. I don't have that power. That's between you and God. I don't have the power to hocus pocus, here you go. That's not how this works. I'm here to bless it, of course. But mostly I'm here to say, yes. I'm here to observe it formally. That's my job. 
it reminds me of the amazing prayer that Jesus said when the water was turned into wine. You remember what he said? When they poured the water into the vessels, remember what he said? It's the same thing that Mary said to him. Nothing. Nothing. There's no, oh God, please do this. There's no, you know, mama say, mama saw, mama kusa. There's no nothing. There's no, there's no moment where he has to hocus pocus it. That water was always going to be wine. This is important. Take a minute and think about that. Think about how many times somebody has tried to make the miracle happen. Think about how many times somebody has tried to make God show up. Think about that. There's that old joke, two fish are swimming along and two more fish come by and they say, oh, good morning, how you doing? Boy, the water's great today. And the other fish swim away and one says to the other, what the heck is water? Because you're in it all the time. The miracle already is. All you've got to do is agree. It was always going to be wine. The most important thing is that a wedding is a public declaration of, I mean it. That's what's really happening. Two people stand before me and they say, I mean it. I'm going all the way with this. I mean this. And if you can't do that, what are you doing? That's the point of this. When you've got something on the inside, it is right and proper and necessary that something happen on the outside. That's the miracle. You've got great, beautiful, amazing thoughts and feelings inside of you. You've got incredible potential and beautiful dreams that no one else has ever dreamed. Now do something about it. Find a way to get to your place of, I mean it. Make that declaration and watch what happens. Oh, man. There's nothing like what you got going on inside you right now. The world is ready for it. There's no wine at the party. It's time to pour something out. Find something that fascinates you. Find some way to get to your place of, wow, find something, something small, something big. Doesn't matter where you go. Man, I don't know how this works, but it sure is awesome. And follow that where it leads. It will lead you to a place where you can pour out the way that you used to be and just let it go in some way, big or small. And it will lead you to a place where you can stand up and say, I don't know everything, but I know this. I recognize it in this moment. My marriage ceremony has to do with, I don't need to get my way anymore. I'm allowed to put that aside. I don't need to teach somebody else a lesson anymore. I'm ready to put that aside. I'm standing up for love. And let it tell me what it needs to be. I choose action. I choose love. I choose release. And I choose freedom. Because after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you very much. So, okay, the first thing that, that <laughs> stuck out for me today when, when I was listening to you was the part where you talked about how Mary was telling him to do it. Mm -hmm. She was like, all right, we need wine. Get in there, make the wine. And I could totally see this scenario happening in our house. Like yeah. one, us going to one of the kids and just, just, you know what? We need this to happen. Just go do it. Yeah. You and, know, I could totally yeah. see that. Oh, sure. But the thing that stuck out to me was what Jesus said back to her. And he, you know, and like you said in the talk, he basically was like, Listen, if I do this, it's going to 
start a chain of events that we cannot come back from. Yeah. This is no, there's, there's no going back. There's no back. coming back there's, Just from like this, I said in the right? talk, you can't unring this bell. Are, are, is this really the deal? And I love the fact that, that he says, my time has not come because by outer appearances, there's never a right time. I can't tell you how many times somebody has come to me and said, well, we're waiting to, for example, have a kid until we have enough money. Or I really want to quit this job. It makes me feel like a loser, but I'm waiting until this and that is lined up. There is never going to be a right time by outer standards. The thing is right now, something has happened already. The fact that it's on your mind at all is a sign that this is an itch that needs to be scratched. Well, I was going to say, isn't it lovely that even Jesus has a mom that's like, (laughs) no, no, you have to do this now. You're going to get up and you're going to do this now. And she tells the servants, listen to what he says, and she leaves the room basically. Yeah, absolutely. And isn't it wonderful to know that even Jesus, with all of the stuff that he has set forth and everything, because he's not a child at this point. He's a grown man, right. like you said. And that's the thing. He, a lot has, of people, he has the disciples around him. I think that the picture that gets painted is Jesus as a young man at this point, because it's it's the first miracle. By outer appearances, it doesn't seem like a big deal. We're not carrying leprosy here. We're making you know Ernest and Julio Gallo happen. And so I think for a lot of people, the picture they have is Jesus as a young man. But the truth is, he's this is after the 30 years this is he's in this he's got disciples he's doing his thing but even he is guided by you know what mary is saying and mary has you know you know the line to god she's there you know she's listening she's Uh she's had her experiences she knows what's up she's intuitive and Mm -hmm. she's gonna listen to what goes on she represents that intuitive courage exactly and so she's not gonna she's not gonna you know, fuss over you. She's going to tell you what needs to be done. And I love that even Jesus needs to be not necessarily pushed, but um, told, no, you don't get to, you don't get to choose your time. You must do this now because I said so. Right. Well, and what I also love is at no point is there anything like nagging. Mm -mm. This is the great balance. When When you're looking for what kind of friend to be to somebody, Be the kind of friend that says, you know what, let's take the training wheels off the bike. Be the kind of friend that says, here we go. But be the kind of friend that that enables and empowers the other person to do it the way that they feel to be done. Mary does not even say, Jesus, make some wine. All she says is, Jesus, they've got no wine. And then he comes back and says, my time has not come and all that. And she does not even respond to that. In other words, this is not, we're not going there. Mm Mm-hmm. She just says, immediately turns to the, the servants and says, do what he says. And I love that moment. There's comedy and beauty in that moment. But I want us to work on being that kind of friend to the people around us. Because surely you've got friends who have dreams or just have needs that they need to deal with. And it's so easy to commiserate around, wow, that must be hard. And oh, I know what you mean. And isn't that terrible? But wouldn't it be better to say, hey, I don't know how this is going to work, but I know you got it. I know you have what it's going to take to get you through this. And I'm right here by your side. If you need me, give me a call. Yeah, because the thing is, the miracle is is happening. It's already going to happen. It was always going to happen. Right. What it takes is you agreeing with it. What it takes is you getting behind it and be the kind of friend that can say, you know what? I believe in you. All I see is here's the thing. You have what it takes 
I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm here front row cheering you on. Here we go. And, and in fact, I'm standing up for the idea of do whatever he says. He's right. got this. This is my guy this. here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, be that kind of friend to people instead of the kind of friend that tries to find a reason why it can't work, a reason why somebody would be afraid. My goodness, we've got enough of that in the world as it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the other thing that kind of stuck out for me today that, that really kind of got my wheels turning and, and for me thinking about it is to, you know, just be able to pour out the the facts about you that really stuck home and and like you said as gross or as unsettling as it is you know we're just big sacks of water I mean really honestly and and when you think about it that way when you can you can just pour yourself over when you can give over and again we talk about surrender a lot I think one of the reasons that we talk about surrender a lot is because I think you and I are working on that aspect. Sure. You know, same but different. You have your stuff. I got my stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, we're different people. But for me personally, I know that the surrendering of what the outer circumstances is, is probably the hardest step for me. And I'm not, I'm probably not the only one, but I no, can only speak of, of what I know. The kind of person who's listening to this podcast, as we've talked about many, many years ago, it seems like, many, many times ago, let's say, the concept that there's a threefold process. See, speak, and surrender. Mm-hmm. Behold the miracle, be moved into action about it, and then let it go, right? If you're the kind of person who's listening to this podcast, you probably have some level of familiarity and even comfort with seeing it and speaking it. Probably. I think but so. But most people in this part of this of this territory have a problem with the surrender part. And one of the things that I love about this miracle, it's so easy to pass up because it doesn't seem like a big deal. It's so easy to pass up because Jesus isn't even making the authorities mad at this point. Right. No big deal. Right. Nothing, Behind nothing is Behind closed doors right. miracle, no big deal, you know, no harm, no foul kind of a thing. And yet... There are so many things in there. People have a certain idea about Mary as, as, as an exemplar of the guilt trip mom, and she's not that at all. She's a hero. She's not a doormat. People have an idea about Jesus that he's austere and that he doesn't want you to be happy, and yet he makes good wine. And in fact, the thing happens at a party that he's there for. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go to the party. Right. People have an idea about a lot of things, and this little passage in Scripture, so important because it sets the stage for so much, but... People have the idea that letting go is a passive thing. It sounds passive, but it's not. Pouring out the water of the facts of your life is active. You must actively let go. Be engaged in the process of release. Don't let things go away from you. Give them. Pour it out. The thing is that, that, that what you thought was true about you is just a fact, and who cares about the facts? Right. They're not important. They're just not. But that's that's really what stuck out for me. And I thought, okay, where where can I surrender over? You, you know, because it's it's always this is a balance, right? It's mm-hmm. the, it's the tightrope that we walk between living here and doing what we're supposed to do and the job of getting closer to God. Okay. You know. So there was even a question that came up afterwards that mm-hmm. was like, how do I how do I balance that? Do I plan? Do I let go? Do I just... And I think that when you surrender, it's like, okay, 
I've done everything and everybody knows that feeling. Everybody knows the feeling of I have done everything that I possibly can in this area. Now I have to let it go. I got to let it fly because there's nothing else I can do. And it either means that some it's time for somebody else to pick up the ball and run with it. It's their turn to do it and Mm -hmm. you have to let it go and you can be a bystander to what you have done. Or it means that you, you know, you have to take, you have to loosen your grasp for anything else to move forward. Right. The balance between being definite and being open to God having a better idea is this. You must be very specific at the beginning of your process. Be as honest as you can with yourself and as honest as you can with God. Here's where I'm at, God. Here's what I think I want. Here's how this is. this looks to me. Here are my wishes, so mm-hmm. to speak. And that's not the end of the prayer. Some people think that's the whole prayer or that's the end of the prayer. For some people, the prayer process is often, I'm going to butter God up and tell God how great he is and how sorry I am for whatever I did before. And then I'm going to slip in my my list of things I want. Like you're going to go sit on Santa's lap and I tell him I've been a good boy and then I tell him I want a BB gun. That's not how this works. How this works is at the beginning of your process, open with specificity. God, here's what I think this means. God, here's how I think my heart's calling should be manifest in my life. Now, I give that over, just like you're laying something on the altar. I give that over. I give it to God actively, pouring it out, and I let God do what God does with this. This is the balance. If you want a visual, I want you to imagine you're on that first hill of that roller coaster and you chug, 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 chug up. The effort is happening and you hear the chain pulling and you you hear the gears and you feel that happening and you can feel all kinds of ways about, okay, what did I get myself into and here we go. But you did this and you can feel that way and then you get to the top and you let gravity do what it does. That's the visual. The hill isn't at the end of the process. It's at the beginning. So do your work at the beginning and let it go. And this little story is a great example of that because just like I said, Jesus has been preaching and teaching before this and then the miracle happens. I love that. Such a powerful message today. Thank you. It was it was really, really awesome. Now we're at the part of our show called Check It Out, and the Check It Out phase is when you are told what we're up to. And man, oh man, just like you heard with the service project, we are up to all kinds of things, too many to include in the podcast. So I just want to let you know that, first of all, the best way to find out what we're doing, to get a calendar and maps and directions and information about how to sign up and all kinds of things is by going to our website, waterandstonechurch.com. On there, there's an amazing calendar. There's a link at the top that says gather that talks in general about what we do. There's links at the bottom of every single page of our website. Once again, waterandstonechurch.com. There's links at the bottom of every page for our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter account, our YouTube page, and all kinds of other stuff. If you want to be in the loop, that's a great place to start. The second best way to stay in contact with us is through our messaging system. And if you want to be a part of that, all you have to do is this. Text I am ready, all one word, I-A-M-R-E-A-D-Y, to 84576. And then you'll be included in our messaging system. You'll get our newsletter. You'll get text messages about the groups that you sign up for and all that good stuff. So if you want to stay in the loop even more than just going to the website, that is going to be the best way to do it. 
Also, uh, what we're really proud of around here, all kinds of things, but one of the things that we're proud of is our YouTube presence. If you go to the uh, waterandstonechurch.com page, or if you just look for us on YouTube, there's we have two different channels. And the first channel is the official Water and Stone channel, where you see some excerpts of our talks and some classes that I've taught and things like that. But also there's another channel for this amazing show called This Day. And I'm so proud of it. It's amazing. It's your show, Jenny. And what it is is it's a cooking show, but not a cooking show. And it's a chance to learn and grow, but not just that. I want you to imagine that you've sat in somebody's kitchen and you've got something on your heart and they make you something to eat, but along the way they tell you something that makes you feel better. It's kind of that and so much more. I got to tell you, it's just blowing up. It's hugely popular. It's your ch- it's your time to get in there, subscribe to both of those channels and be a part of this amazing thing that's happening. The most important thing is Sunday mornings. If you're in the St. Pete, Tampa Bay area and you haven't visited Water and Stone, come and see us 11 a.m. every single more every single Sunday morning at USF Harbor Hall, and that address there is 1000 Third Street South. Come and join us for a Sunday morning. The music is awesome, the lessons are awesome, and there's nothing quite like being in that room with like-minded people. Yeah, it's such a family. This podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios on the comfy, comfy orange couch. And the boss of Pinfeather is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. She's half of the music that you hear on this podcast. She's an amazing part of our Sunday morning band. She edits these things and she does so many things for us. The other half of the music that you hear is the lovely and talented Miles Randolph. And man, oh man, he is both of those things. This podcast is solely supported by you. This is a big deal. I want to let you know that we're really hitting this hard for the month of August. There are a lot of things you can do that can help keep the lights on around here. Of course, you can go to the website. There's ways to donate electronically and all that, But and, and that's really great. And we do a lot of things to try and spread the word about the church. We're always doing all kinds of advertising and things like this, but the one and only way that a church grows is when people tell their friends. So really and truly what we're asking for you to do is two things. Show up, tell your friends about us. There's lots of ways to spread the word by by sharing an Instagram post or retweeting something or liking us on Facebook or inviting your friends and all of those things are great. But what we want to see is your face on a Sunday morning. I got to tell you, every Sunday at 11 o'clock, there's a family. Every Sunday at 11 o'clock, there's support and love. Every Sunday, there's something that will challenge you and thrill you and make you smile and change your world.